Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome to a super duper special bonus episode of the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. Now, if you listen to my Claude of France episode uh, for this week, you are well aware that it is my birthday today, so I thought it would be super fun if I did a special episode talking about my family history because, you know, I think it's super interesting and, you know, I've got all this uh, research that I've done, uh, so I might as well turn it into an episode, right? Um, and lots of other people think it's super interesting when I talk about it, they want to know more, so let's just put it into an episode so all the people can hear about it. Uh, basically what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you about some interesting people in my family tree, what I know about them. I'm going to try and divide it up into, uh, three separate branches of my family. So that's the Mitchells, Donovans, and the Fitzgeralds. I'm going to tell you what I know about them from the time that they immigrated to Canada and to modern day. Uh, you know, I don't have time to talk about like every single person in my family tree, so I'm going to try and keep it as uh, short as possible, but I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm going to start off with my mom's side of the family, the Mitchells, because I have the most information about the side of the family. So let's start there. All right, so the Mitchell family star st- story sorry, starts in Ireland about the 1840s during the Great Potato Famine. Um, a huge chunk of Ireland was unfortunately starving due to the famine, and this caused like a gigantic surge of mass immigration from Ireland to places like Canada and the United States. And one of the absolutely thousands of families that immigrated was the Mitchell family. My great, great, great grandfather, Thomas Mitchell, and his wife, Martha, immigrated to New Brunswick, Canada in about 1848. Uh, I don't know much about them since the records are spotty. I actually can't even be sure of their birth years. It's likely that they were born in the 1830s or 20s based on my guess. Um, What I do know is that they settled on a farm in Fredericton, New Brunswick, and had five children on that farm. They had Thomas, Richard, Mary, Margaret, and my great-great-grandfather, John Mitchell. Uh, Also, when they uh, moved here, Uh, They switched from Roman Catholicism to baptism upon their immigration. Now, you're probably wondering, why the fuck did they change their religion when they got here? Uh, Well, back in this time period, it was actually very common for the Irish to be bullied for being both Irish and Catholic. Because, you know, know, the English ruled the world, and they were English and Anglican, and they didn't like Catholics. So, um... They decided to switch to a more acceptable form of Christianity, and baptism, as I've heard, is similar in many ways to Roman Catholicism, so it was comfortable for them to do that. Anyway, back to the story. So, my great-great-grandfather John grew up in Fredericton on that farm, and he would eventually go on to marry Miss Eleanor Lawson. Uh, I don't really know much about her. I know that she was four years younger than him when they got together. I'm also not sure when or where they would have met. They probably, like, went to school together, or maybe they attended the same church or something like that. Um... And I'm not quite sure about their relationship. It seems that they liked each other a lot. I mean, they must have. Because from the time they had their first son in 1880, 
they had 15 children total by the year 1900. My poor great-great-grandmother was pregnant, like, way too much. You know, I'm tired just thinking about how tired she must have been. God, 15 kids. Ew. Um, and I am going to name them all for you because there's a lot of them and I actually like a lot of the names that they used. So first they had their son, uh, Thomas in 1880. Then they had their daughter, Alice Maud in 1881. Then Francis Bruce in 1882. Martha Jane in 1883. Hattie Louise in 1884. John Everett, but they just called him Everett in 1885. Morley in 1887. Oh, looks like she got a year break there. Good for her. Um, Herbert in 1888. Uh, Bessie in 1890. Ooh, another break. Yay. Go, go, great, great grandma. <laughs> um, William in 1891. Lockwood in 1892. Mildred Ellen in 1894. Ethel in 1895. Dow in 1896. And finally... <laughs> In 1900, they had their last son, Wallace. Now, you're probably wondering, how'd they fit all 15 kids in one house? Well, let me tell you. From what I am aware, they owned a rather large plot of farmland on uh, Gibson Street in Fredericton, and they ran a dairy farm, and apparently their homestead was rather large to fit all 15 kids. God, I can't imagine what a rowdy house that must be in the morning just to get the kids out the door for school. Um... I have a few accounts that I did read from family members about what, like, living with the family must have been like. Um, one thing that I actually found super surprising about this family was that they were, like, musical. Like, a lot of the kids were good singers, and a, cu a couple of the girls could play instruments. One of the older girls could play piano. And it was apparently very normal in this gigantic Irish house for the kids to just start, like, breaking into song like they were the Von Trapp family, but, like, double because there were 15 children instead of seven. Um, I also kept on hearing about how, like, kind my great-great-grandfather John was. Uh, he ran it, he ran that dairy farm that they lived on for years. This man, he was resilient. He lived into his 90s, and the only reason he died, I bet he could have gotten past 100 if he had tried. He only died because he got an infection in his foot when he was walking to church. <laughs> That's how he died. I mean, what a way to go out. Um, and yeah, anyway, uh, like I was saying, it's, it's very common occurrence for him to just be super kind. Like, uh, like, if you didn't have the money to pay for your milk when he brought it to you, he would tell the person, like, not to worry about it and that they could pay him next week. Like, it was no big deal. Um, which is super sweet. Um, also, fun fact, in the winter, he would deliver milk in a sleigh, which I think is adorable. Now, I wish I could tell you what happened to the farm that they lived on after John died. All I know is that his two younger sons, uh, Everett and Dow, uh, took over the farm. I'm not quite sure what happened <coughs> sorry or why it fell out of a uh, family possession from then on um I actually live not far from the plot of land where the farm used to be and it doesn't exist anymore all it is is like a field and some woods um uh, I'm really curious as to like why we don't own it anymore or like what why none of the farm stuff is there anymore and I, I also like wonder if it's for sale so like in the next couple of years I could like get it back into the family because that'd be uh, really cool. Um, all right, moving down the Mitchell family tree, we come to my great-grandfather, Herbert. Now, as I just mentioned, he was the middle of 15 kids. Um, 
when he grew up, he bought his own small farm, and in 1914, he married Miss Mina Porter, and they had three children together, Laura, Thomas, and David. Um, unfortunately, Mina would end up dying in 1918, and not long after Mina died, their oldest daughter, Laura, ended up dying too, and I believe, uh, she's still buried on the farm grounds where, uh, the farm used to be. A few years after his wife died, uh, my great-grandfather ended up getting married again, and you'll never guess what his new wife's name was. You have a couple of seconds. If you guessed Mina Parker, you'd be correct. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. My great-grandfather married two women with the exact same name and last names that start with P. If that's not a coincidence, I don't know what is. Now, I can't really tell you much about Miss Mina Parker. One thing I do know about her is she was apparently a bitch. <laughs> that's all I know about her. I apologize if that's uncharacteristic of her, but that's all I know. Uh, that's really all I got for her. I actually don't know that much about him. He's not very well documented in my family. I guess maybe that's like his middle kid syndrome because he was the middle of 15. Anyway, now on to Herb's son, Thomas Mitchell, who is my grandfather. Now, my grandfather Thomas was born in 1916. He grew up on the farm his father owned. I believe the family actually still owns the farmland from there, but it's not a farm anymore. I think, I think it's actually apartments now. Anyway, um, he grew up on that farm, and in fifth grade, unfortunately, my grandfather had to drop out of school to help his family on the farm. I'm not quite sure what events led up to him having to quit school and work on the farm. I'm not quite sure. Um, during World War II, my grandfather actually wasn't able to serve overseas, even though he did uh, volunteer to. Um, we're not really sure why he wasn't medically fit to uh, go out into the field. Uh, he was only like in his like mid-20s when the war started. Uh, it was probably a combination of health reasons. Either he had like ulcers in his stomach, which like wouldn't have been good for multiple reasons, or he had flat feet, which means he wouldn't have been able to wear the boots uh, that they provided in the military. Like they would have been uncomfortable and like he wouldn't have been like as effective for battle, I guess. Uh, he, he wouldn't have been fit for service like Captain America. But unfortunately, they didn't have super soldier serum for my grandfather. So they just had him serve as a cook and a heavy equipment operator on military bases like all over Canada. Um, during the war, he ended up meeting uh, Miss Cecilia Knoll and they got, sorry, Celia Noel, I'm sorry I pronounced that incorrectly, who was a French-Canadian girl from northern New Brunswick, and they had three kids, uh, Darlene in 1941, Roxanne in 1943, and Brian in 1945, and they lived on the family farm. Uh, now, my grandfather and Celia were married for about 25 years until uh, Celia uh, went with her daughter Roxy to Ontario, uh, where Roxy was moving, I believe she had, like, just gotten married or something, and, uh, Celia, she just, uh, never came back, as it was explained to me. Uh, so my grandfather and Celia decided that, like, they were just done, and they decided it was best to get a divorce. Um, not long after they got a divorce in 1973, my grandfather met my grandmother, Gloria Cochran, who, uh, at the time was about 23 years old. Now, if you have been paying attention, you are doing the math right. Yes, that is about a 30-year age difference. 
I'm not joking about the age difference. I wish I was. And no one ever believes me when I tell them how old my grandfather was, but I swear it is true. I could not make this shit up. <laughs> anyway, uh, when they met, they fell in love, like, pretty fast. They had a cute courthouse wedding. I have pictures of that courthouse wedding that I should, like, probably put on Twitter or something. Uh, my grandfather wore a plaid blazer that we still have because it was peak 1973 fashion, and, you know, he was old, he was like, oh, this is my second marriage, I'm just, like, not gonna try, um, and, uh, there was also something else going on at that wedding, because my grandmother was about five months pregnant with my mom, and in January of 1974, my mom, June Mitchell, was born. Now, if I could sum up my mother's childhood, I would say she had the privilege of being both an only child and the youngest child at the same time because all my mom's siblings as we've just mentioned Darlene, Roxy, and Brian were all adults with children um actually some of my mother's nieces and nephews are upwards of 10 years older than her I think her oldest uh niece is was born in like the late 60s <laughs> um uh actually and her youngest nephew is only older than her by a year like when he was 16 she was 15 um also side note about her youngest nephew his name is Aaron um Aaron ended up having a baby having a baby when he was 16 and that baby my cousin Alicia has uh, kids now which makes my mom a great great aunt at only 46 years old and if my mom lives another 25 years she could end up being a great 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 aunt by the time she's 70 which is hilarious and I love reminding my mom that she's very very old (laughs) because of this um now when my mom was about 15 her parents ended up uh, separating because plot twist in the story my grandmother realized that not only did she like men but she liked women too because she was bisexual (laughs) So they were like, separation sounds good. So we'll get back to my grandma in a second when we discuss her side of the family. Anyway, uh, with my grandparents separated, my mom and her dad were like kind of alone for a bit. Like she lived with uh, her dad uh, and she kind of went back and forth between her parents' houses. And I- I'd say my mom like definitely got like a lot closer to her, her dad during these years. They-, they were very, very similar people, which was like good for them. And they spent a lot of bonding time. My grandfather really liked to hunt. So that was a thing that they uh, did together. Also, one time when my mom was a kid, uh, there was this barn owl. This is a true story. I swear to God. I, I'm. It might have been a barn owl. I'm not sure. That was like, it was hurt. So they brought it into the house and they uh, nursed it back to health. Like my mom had a pet owl. She was, oh my God, she's Harry Potter. My mom's Harry Potter. So they had a owl. They nursed it back to health. And then, like, a couple months later, not only did the owl come back, but it had owl babies. My mom had a pet owl. I swear to God, this is a true story. We have pictures of it. It happened. Anyway, um, in 1995, the day after my mom's birthday on January 11th, uh, her dad ended up dying from lung cancer, which is absolutely devastating to my mom. My mom always talks about how close she and her dad were and, like, how sad she is that he never got to meet me or my brother. And it makes me sad, too, because I wish I had known him as well. Uh, my little brother, Thomas, is actually named after my grandfather, so that's a nice tribute to him. If, if I had been a boy, I probably would have been named uh, Thomas. Uh, actually, my parents had a lot of, like, alternate 
boy names. Like, they had a lot of unisex names in mind, but I'm, like, pretty sure they wanted a boy first, which is why a lot of my almost names are boy or unisex names. Anyway, uh, moving on. In uh, 1996, my mom was a at a cadet training center, and her friend's boyfriend uh, brought his buddy down for the weekend to hang out, and that is how my parents met. I know it's not very exciting, but, you know, that's just how it happened. Um, They dated for about two years until my dad proposed in 1997. Uh, Their proposal story is, like, a little mundane as well, but as I remember it being told to me, uh, my mom was doing dishes. (laughs) And he proposed to her while she was doing dishes. And I think she still had, like, her, like, rubber dish gloves on when he did it. It's, like, kind of cute. It's a little boring, but, like, it's fine. Uh, They ended up getting married in August of 1998. And fun facts about their wedding. They got married on a military base because my dad was military. uh, And they had their reception at a legion, which is also very military. Uh, Not to mention, my mom rented her wedding dress. And my parents honeymooned at this place called the Crystal Palace. Now, if you're not Canadian or even from the East Coast, you probably have no idea what the Crystal Palace was. I I didn't know what the Crystal Palace was either. But basically, what it's supposed to be, it was like the Mall of America for my Americans in the audience and for the Canadians in the audience. It was basically like the West Edmonton Mall. It was basically a gigantic mall with tons of stuff in it, like rides and stuff like that and uh the honeymoon was actually a gift from my grandmother to my mom which is like really sweet of her to do um actually the crystal palace it doesn't exist anymore i think it like got like taken down or something like actually fairly recently like a couple of years ago my mom was very upset about it um anyway i i love to make fun of my parents wedding like all the time because they like went like hard time budget mode with the wedding but it, it was actually a really cute wedding i love their wedding photos it, it's just really sweet uh, during the marriage on october 13th 2001 i was born in kentville nova scotia and in november 2004 my baby brother thomas was born in dartmouth nova scotia but uh since me and thomas have barely lived i'm not gonna unpack our lives so let's just move on to the next interesting strand of the family the donovans Woo! Okay, so this part of my family is also on my mom's side, no surprise. Now, Donovan is actually the maiden name of my great-grandmother, but we're not going to start with her because the Donovan family story actually begins much like the Mitchells with immigration from Ireland. Now, uh, James Donovan and his pregnant wife, Jane Howe, were immigrating to Canada on a ship that was probably called the Mediterranean, and it was on this ship that my uh, four-times great-grandfather was born. And like most white people, they weren't creative with names, so they named their son James. Um, A few years after James was born, when they arrived in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, uh, James was followed by his younger brother, John Samuel. Uh, Both boys were raised on a street called North Street, uh... North Street does not exist anymore. I I believe it's been renamed to Fianti Street. And whatever original buildings or part of the city that was there has now been replaced by, like, 1950s suburban houses. So I don't even know what the area looked like when they were growing up. Uh, here's what I can tell you about James's life. Uh, he married a woman named Ellen Ash at 25. Uh, James was a shoemaker. Uh, he was also a Baptist because, much like the Mitchells, the Donovans switched over from uh, Catholicism, too, when they immigrated. Um, one interesting thing about James is that he ended up dying of paralysis because he fell from a balcony at 70, which is 
a wild way to go out. Um, now, uh, baby James Jr. ended up having, uh, three kids with his wife, Ellen. Um, but the most important one, obviously, is their son, Harry Donovan, uh, who's my three times great-grandfather. Um, I don't know much about him, so I'll just throw out a few basics of his life to, like, help you guys. Uh, he married a lady named Nellie Keene. Uh, I know Harry worked as a blacksmith, and actually how he died is also super interesting, like his dad's. Uh, somehow... My great-great-great-grandfather ended up getting dragged down a street called Regent Street by a horse, and he hit his head. And, like, father like son, he died. So, I God, these poor Donovan boys, they cannot catch a break. Poor Harry. Imagine getting dragged down a street and hitting your head and dying. God, what a sad way to go out. Anyway, uh, on to Harry's son, uh, who is my two-times great-grandfather, James Howard Donovan. Uh, because once again, they were not creative, uh, but they ac- actually, everyone called him Howard, so we're gonna call him Howard too, just to make it easier, so it goes James, James, Harry, Howard, got it? All right, um, so Howard is one of the family members on this side of the family that I actually have a bit more documentation on. I know for a fact that he was born in 1895. Uh, he was also shockingly not even born in Canada. He was actually born in Rhode Island, USA, Despite both of his parents being Canadian, I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why the fuck he was born in the United States. Um, I tried to, like, see if his mother's parents were American by any chance. Um, and they weren't. So, my current theory about why Howard Donovan is, was born in the United States is that he is, in fact, adopted. And that's why his birthplace is in the United States, because that's where his real parents are from. I have absolutely no way to prove this, but it makes the most sense to me. Maybe, uh, Howard was the son of, like, some friends or, like, a cousin or something that lived in the United States, so they took him in. Yep, who knows? I have no way to prove this. Anyway, uh, Howard ended up enlisting, uh, during the First World War. Uh, he served in France. I actually have his military records. Um, however, a few years... After a few years in the army, he actually got injured in a training accident. I don't know what happened. According to his military records, it's written in, like, blurry cursive writing, so I can't really tell. Uh, There was, like, something to do with a sled, and he lost his eye. So he had a fake eye put in. Um, Apparently, a family member of mine actually still owns the fake eye, which is, like, creepy, but, like, cool (laughs) as well. My grandmother always talks about it, which is weird. Also, um, according to his service records that I found, um, told me a bit more about him. I learned that he had brown hair and gray eyes, which is really cool because I have no pictures of him, so that actually paints a pretty decent picture. I have some pretty similar features. My eyes are a little more green than they are gray, but I do have brown hair, so that's probably where I got all that from. Um, Howard got back from the war in 1918 and became a taxi driver, and at some point during this time, he met Miss Faye Buchanan. Uh, which is a super fabulous name. Um, it's on my list of baby names for sure. Like, I, I've got, like, a whole list of, like, family names that, like, I'd like to name my kids. Like, um, I have this, uh, like, great-great-grandmother named Pearl, and I love the name Pearl. Anyway, um, Howard and Faye Buchanan, uh, got married in 1919, and they had a shockingly large family of eight kids. And one of those kids was my great-grandmother, Audrey, as she was one of the younger 
kids in the family. I think she was, like, the second youngest. I think she had, like, one younger sibling. Uh, and this gigantic family grew up in an area of Fredericton known as Rabbit Town. Um, now, it was called that, actually, because of the huge amount of young families that started showing up in the area around the time my uh, great-grandmother was born. Um... When my great-grandmother, Audrey, was 18, she actually ended up meeting uh, Arthur Cochran. He was a 28-year-old taxi driver who drove with her father. Now, I don't condone age caps, uh, but to be fair, my mom is the result of a 30-year-old age cap, so I'm a little bit desensitized to it, not to mention all the history I read about old men marrying young women. Uh, But let's put it this way about why I have more of a problem with this 10-year age gap versus my grandparents' 30-year age gap. My grandmother was a functioning adult when she met my grandfather, despite the age difference. I'm, I gotta give that to her. However, my great-grandmother was barely out of high school, so that's why I fi- find this 10-year age gap like a little weirder than my grandparents' 30-year age gap, but you know what? I digress. Both are kind of weird. Anyway, um, Audrey and Arthur ended up getting married the same year they met, and the next year uh, they had their son David, and the year after that, Almost on the same day as the birth of their son, they had my grandmother, and they named her Gloria, after an older sister that died when she was a toddler. Now, I'm not even joking about my uh, grandma and her brother almost having the same birthday. I think he was born on the 3rd of April, and her birthday is the 5th of April, so that was, like, really close. Um, now, you already know a bit about my grandmother's story from the Mitchell segment a few minutes ago, but I'm going to tell you a bit more um just in a second but we're gonna finish up my great-grandmother in a second so after a few years of marriage my great-grandmother ended up realizing that she didn't really like my great-grandfather that much um I can't really confirm if he was mean to her or not but I know that he was like not a great dude he was a bit of an alcoholic um and when my grandmother was about a year old her mom ended up leaving and she did eventually get remarried and my grandmother has two half siblings named uh rick and oh no oh rick and heather that's it i'm sorry it's rick and heather so that happened um my great sorry my grandmother's uh life after that was a little interesting my grandmother didn't really grow up in the best of circumstances which is unfortunate uh for most of her life her family was very very poor they lived in a badly constructed house with no plumbing uh they had to go down to the river to get water for just for baths and boil it uh and obviously for drinking water and um because of the lack of support from her, both of her parents my grandmother ended up dropping out of school in seventh grade uh i bet she has she hasn't been able to confirm this because I'm not sure if even she knows, but I think she had uh, some learning disorders, and obviously back then those weren't recognized, so that's probably what contributed to her dropping out of school. Um, from that point on, she basically did what all kids do when they have no school. Uh, she hung out with her friends and, you know, if her brother would hang out with her. That wasn't an often thing that happened, but they did hang out sometimes, you know. Um, if I had to describe my grandmother and her brother's relationship, it would kind of be like someone, he could call her an idiot, but the minute someone else called her an idiot, it was game over for that person. Like, it was kind of like a, I I hate you, but if you ever need to hide a body, I'll help you hide a body sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one interesting thing that I actually did find out about my grandmother's brother is that he actually did drag racing as a teenager, which is very, very cool. Um, 
My grandma loves to talk about how her brother really loved cars, but he was a terrible mechanic, even though he thought he was the best mechanic in the world, and she just didn't have the heart to tell him that he was a bad mechanic, so she just never did, because she's nice like that. Now, by the time my grandma was about 16, she was getting a little off the rails according to her parents, so they decided to be uh, not-so-great parents and sent her to a school for misbehaved youth, basically. It was all girls. Um, At one point, they even threatened to send her to a nunnery because they thought she was sleeping around, which may or may not have been true, but that's none of my business, so I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, My grandma spent about two or three years in this school until she got out at about uh, 18 or 19, And it was from here when she got out that she worked various jobs, like at an old folks home and at a shoe factory, until she met my grandfather and had my mom. And, well, you guys know the story from there. We already talked about it in the Mitchell segment, so I'm not going to go on in this uh, strand from here. Uh, Let me tell you about what my grandma's doing now. She is currently 70 years old, and uh, in the 1990s, she actually met her current partner, Mary. Uh, They've been together for about 30 years now. Um, I live with them. They are lovely. Um, If you guys want to know, like, actually a bit more about my grandma, actually, I'm currently in the process of writing a book based on her life as a teenager it's like very outsiders inspired because like I actually read her the outsiders and she like kept on commenting on like all the stuff that a lot of this recreational stuff that the boys did in the book like going to the movies and stuff like that was stuff she did as a kid I was like oh that's so cool I should write a book about that so that's what I'm doing I remember we we got to the page where the boys sneak into the drive-in theater, and my grandma was like, oh, I do that. I did that. And I was like, Grandma. <laughs> um, hopefully that'll, that book will be out in a couple of years. If I ever finish the manuscript, you guys can read it. All right, uh, let's move on to the last branch of the family of the Fitzgeralds. Okay, so uh, this branch of my family... This is the one I know the least about. Despite it being my legal last name, I have little to no information beyond my grandfather and beyond my grandfather on this side of the family because my dad doesn't pay attention to shit. <laughs> so that's uh probably the reason that I don't know much about the Fitzgerald side of the family. Um I'll tell you what I do know. So uh in history the Fitzgeralds are actually a very influential influential family in Irish history. They are one of the most famous families from Ireland. Um, I don't know how I relate to, like, the famous Irish Fitzgeralds if I am related to them. I'm related to a lot of famous royalty. Uh, for example, Elizabeth Woodville. I'd be directly descended from her if I was, in fact, related to these guys. Um, also a lot of other interesting people, like Nesta, Princess of Wales, who I've also done. Um, Anyway, so here's what I think happened. So maybe like a junior branch of the Fitzgerald family like immigrated to Ireland like they were like middle class people and they moved here and like that's how I'm related to them. I don't know. Anyway, at some point during the potato famine, uh, the Fitzgerald family immigrated to Nova Scotia and settled in the Annapolis Valley area and that's how we got here. Um, Okay, so my great-grandfather on the Fitzgerald side, was named Brainard Fitzgerald, and he had three sons with his wife. Um, they had their son, Tim, the oldest. I love Tim. He's great. Uh, Brainard Jr., who's also one of my favorite uh, great uncles, and uh, my grandfather, Lynn Fitzgerald. 
Now, my grandfather, Lynn, started dating my grandmother, uh, Karen Hutchinson, when she was about uh, 18 at the time, and he was, I think he was, like, about 20. I think he was only a couple years older than her. Um, he ended up getting her pregnant, um, and since this was the late 60s, uh, her parents, like, freaked the fuck out, so uh, my grandfather's uh, parents and my grandmother's parents, I think this is how it happened, uh, came to an agreement that my grandmother would be sent to her sister her sisters in Toronto to have the baby. So she did that. She went to Toronto. And on December 15th, 1969, my dad was born at Toronto General Hospital. And uh, after that, my grandma took my dad back to Nova Scotia, uh, where she married my grandfather. And a year later, they had another son named Bruce. Now, I can't really forgive my grandpa very much for how he treated my grandma during this marriage, uh, because he was just, he was straight mean to her. He openly cheated on her, like, constantly. Uh, he even had one kid outside of the marriage that we know of. Uh, he denied having this son for years, uh, but I think, oh, I don't know who met him. Maybe it was my dad or, like, another family member, like, went to meet him, and, like, he looks exactly like my grandfather, so there was, like, basically no denying it to that point, uh, and my grandma probably struggled a lot because they moved around a lot because my grandfather was military, so that must have also sucked, uh, and after, like, a 20-year marriage, my grandma just kind of got sick of it, and she filed for divorce, um, I don't know much about the divorce proceedings, but I do remember this fun story from the end of the divorce proceedings that I would like to tell you guys right now, so, um, basically the judge told my grandma that she could return to her maiden name, which was Hutchinson. And my grandpa said to her, wait, don't you want to talk this over the, with the kids? By the way, my dad and my uncle were functioning 20 year old adults <laughs> during all this. Uh, and he was like, wait, don't you want to talk this over with the kids? Their mother should have the same name as them. And my grandma looked at my grandfather dead in the eye and said, since when do you care about the kids? And I just got to say, ooh, mic drop. <coughs> that was a straight burn. And I admire her for that. Um, well, that's all I have for the Fitzgeralds. I'm sorry, I really wish I had more. Um, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed learning about some of my family history. This was really fun. Uh, have a nice day, guys, and happy birthday to me. Bye! Alright, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if there's a certain thing that you want to hear, just, like, hit me up on uh, Twitter at Long May She Rain 2. Uh, the N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2, just so you know that. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Bye!